0: We, uh, we have been talking about broken relationships. We looked back many, uh, a couple of Sundays ago, we looked back at Genesis chapter 3 and saw how relationships got broken. We saw that when Adam and Eve chose the, the, the forbidden fruit, they chose it over their relationship with God and with each other. And so relationships have been broken since. Relation, our relationship with God has been broken since. Our relationship with mankind, each other, has been broken since. Even our relationship, because they chose this thing over these relationships, even our relationship with things has been broken. God set the world up so that we would love people and use things. And now we love things and use people. And so every relationship has been broken by this first sin in Genesis chapter 3. But we know that that first Christmas was about bringing peace. What did the angels say? We just read it earlier. They said, glory to God and peace and goodwill to men. So Christ came that first Christmas to bring peace and goodwill. He came to heal relationships. He came to fix what's broken. Now, We have talked a little bit a couple of weeks ago about our relationship with God and how it's fixed. We, we talked about relationship with one another and how it can be fixed. I want to I write that larger today. I want to look at the relationship of nation versus nation, people group versus people group. Because Christ came even to fix that. And there's proof of that, and it's in Micah chapter 4. So if you want to turn to Micah chapter 4, we're going to read just the first four or five verses of Micah chapter 4. It is up here behind me. Micah chapter 4, beginning in verse 1, it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established as the highest of the mountains, and it shall be lifted up above the hills, and peoples shall flow to it. And many nations shall come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us us his ways, and that we may walk in his, his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge between many peoples and shall decide for strong nations far away, and they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. But they shall sit every man under his vine and under his fig tree, and no one shall make them afraid. For the mouth of the Lord of hosts has spoken. So let's, let's talk about Micah for a minute uh, from the context a little bit. Micah Is one of the minor prophets, what they call the minor prophets. He prophesied, he was a prophet at the same time as Isaiah. So about 700 BC is when you have Micah and Isaiah. Now, here's what's interesting, I think Isaiah chapter 2 has this same prophecy. So you've got Isaiah who's a prophet, and you've got Micah who's a prophet at the same time, and they both have this word from God God's talking in stereo. He wants us to hear this. He wants us to know this day is coming. Now, I have, we have to admit that, that when we look around, it it, it doesn't seem like this day is, is very near. But this day is coming. And, in fact, Micah, just before this, Micah spoke mostly about, like, like many of the prophets, he spoke mostly about the sin of Israel and about the, the crooked priests and crooked leaders, of Israel. In fact, at the end of chapter 3, if you, if you just kind of look back, you have this. It says, therefore, because of you, and he's talking about the false prophets and the crooked priests and the wicked leaders, Zion shall be plowed as a field, Jerusalem shall come as a heap of ruins, and the mountain of the temple a wooded height. So Micah is talking about the destruction of Israel and the destruction of Jerusalem and the, and the temple mount. And then he gives this prophecy that we just read in chapter 4, of this day when all of the nations will be healed. All of the nations will come to the mountain of the Lord and be healed. So he's talking not only about the restoration of Israel, the restoration of Jerusalem, the restoration of the Temple Mount, he's talking about the restoration of the world. The world's relationships will be fixed. (coughs) excuse me, the world's relationships will be fixed. There will be a time when all of that is healed. That first Christmas was about healing relationships. It still is about healing relationships. And these, even nation against nation, will be healed by Christ. So he talks about this no more war. They'll, They'll beat their... Their swords into plowshares and and pruning hooks. They will, all of this, they will come to the mountain of the Lord to know Christ and to to know him more, to know him more fully. They will come and to walk in his ways. This day is coming. But as we look around in our society right now, does it even seem possible? (laughs) It seems impossible right now, doesn't it? Because Everywhere we look right now, there's war or rumors of war or conflict in nations, within our own nation, and in in other nations, and among other nations. It seems like this cannot happen. It seems impossible. But I want to take you to another prophecy of Micah, one that he's a bit more famous for, and that's in Micah chapter 5, verse 2. And in Micah chapter 5, verse 2, just a a chapter over, he says this. He says, but you, O Bethlehem Ephrathah, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me, one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from old, from ancient of days. So the the ruler that he's talking about, the king that he's talking about in chapter 4 in the prophecy is going to come from Bethlehem. So let's talk about Bethlehem for a minute. Because we think of it in in the sense of Christmas, right? We think of Bethlehem as the sense of Christmas. Well, Bethlehem literally means, in Hebrew, house of bread. And it is so small that it doesn't even get mentioned in Joshua 15. There's a list of all of the cities of Judah. Bethlehem's not even on the list. It's not on the map. Now, it has some historical significance. Rachel gives birth to Benjamin in Bethlehem. Rachel dies and is buried just outside of Bethlehem. So it has some historical significance. Uh, The valley to the east of Bethlehem is is where Ruth and the Moabites, that story happens just east of Bethlehem. When David is born in Bethlehem, and in fact that's where Samuel, the prophet, anoints David as king, is in Bethlehem. When, when David is running from Saul, the three mighty men that, that, that go to get water from the well to, to encourage David, they go to the Bethlehem well. So Bethlehem has this history, but it still isn't even on the map. It doesn't matter to anybody, and especially by the time of Roman rule, Bethlehem is a backwater rural village that, that nobody cares about, Nobody even remembers where it's at. <coughs> in fact, Micah is specific here. He says, Bethlehem Ephrathah, because there's other Bethlehems. There's, n- there's not only this one, but there's many others. And so he's very specific about this Bethlehem. And what he says is that the ruler that he talked about in, in, in chapter 4, the ruler that will be that will hand down and will settle disputes among nations. And that ruler will come from Bethlehem, a no place, a place that's not even on the map. It seems impossible, right? But we move from the seemingly impossible to the clearly impossible. Because remember, Isaiah was was a, uh, a prophet at the same time as Micah. And Isaiah had something to say about this, this Messiah, this king that, that, that he, Isaiah 2 and Micah 4 are talking about. He has a little something to say, and it's in Isaiah 7, verse 14, which says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel." Okay, we move from the seemingly impossible to the clearly impossible now, haven't we? We know how this works now. Medical science has told us how this works. Virgins don't have babies. It's just what we know. And yet, we know it is truth, don't we? We know that, that even all the way back to Genesis 3, God told Eve, her offspring, would, would crush the head of the serpent not Adam's because we talked about this last time Adam's, Adam's nature, sin nature carried through but Eve's did not and so from Eve we have Mary, a virgin and we have the birth of Christ who had to be pure, he had to be he could only die for his own sin if he was born in sin like all of the rest of us And so he had to be pure. He had to be the unblemished lamb of God from the beginning. And that's what Isaiah says must happen. Born of a virgin. And then we know from Mary that Jesus is born of a virgin. In Bethlehem, of all places. So here we have these two prophets uh, prophesying at the same time, 700 years before the birth of Christ, saying, not only will this ruler come, but he will come from Bethlehem, and he will be born of a virgin. And what do we have? The first Christmas. The first Christmas. The Christmas that heals all. So not only, not only is this possible, it happened. It's truth. So when we look at, at, at Micah chapter 4, and we look at the, the idea that the nations could be healed, It will happen. It will happen. That day is coming. Just as sure as the Messiah, the King, was born in a town that wasn't even on the map to a virgin. Just as sure this day will happen. So I have been telling you that that Christmas is about broken relationships. It's about healing broken relationships. Do you have a relationship in in your life that you think is broken beyond repair? Do you have a relationship in your life that you think there's no possible way this can be healed? There is possibility. It can happen. Just as sure as a Messiah born to a virgin in a town that's not even on the map. Just as sure. Christmas is about healing relationships healing our relationship with God through Christ, healing relationships with one another through Christ. This, this day that, he, that, that is proclaimed in Micah 4 and in Isaiah 2, this day will come. He will heal all relationships someday. In, in a sense, it has started with the church because right now, There are people of every tribe, tongue, and nation praising Christ just like we are today. So, in a sense, it's come with the church, but it's not complete yet. It's not complete like the birth of a Savior and a King in a place no one's heard of to a virgin. It will happen. You can have healed relationships. Because that's why Christ came. I'm going to ask that you bow your heads for for a moment. First relationship I want you to consider is your relationship with God. Is it healed? Do you know Christ? Do you know that he died on the cross for you? Because you can this morning. You can make that commitment this morning with a simple prayer. Simply say, God, I I know I have sin in my life. I've done things wrong. I've said things wrong. I've thought things wrong. And I know the Bible calls that sin. But I trust that Jesus came for me. He died on that cross for me to pay my price. And so I ask you to forgive me because of his finished work on the cross. And I ask you to empower my life. Empower my life for this Christmas season. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, you need to let somebody know. Come and let me know. Elbow your neighbor and let them know. Do you have a relationship in your life that's broken? Can you commit right now in the power of Christ? to heal it, to restore it. He can and He will, because that's why He came. Father, we thank You for this, Your Word. We thank You for this time that, that, that we have to look at what You have done. You have done the impossible to make all things possible for us. We thank you that at this time of year we can celebrate healing. In Jesus' name, amen.